Hey everybody, just gonna do a real quick check-in before this episode starts. There's a lot of stuff we should put content warnings for uh, in front of this episode, uh, including suicide, depression, uh, drug abuse, uh, abusive relationships. We we there's a couple episodes in the past that probably should have had some some content mentions uh, like this, but this is definitely the most into it we've ever gotten uh, in 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 Pete Wentz's book Gray because he does talk about uh, pretty much all the things we have talked about on this show already. So that's just a quick heads up before we get into the episode. Sugar, we're going down podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, everybody. Um, we decided the track by random ass track wasn't going to kill us fast enough, so we decided to to double up and read Pete Wentz's book because it's our anniversary. And of uh, our of our canonical marriage. Uh huh. And to celebrate, we decided to suffer more. Yeah. It's, uh, we it's do, bad. It's extremely bad. Uh, joining us for this extremely bad thing, we also have uh our dear friend and fellow Orange Groves co-host, one cat from Summer Twilight Book Club. Yeah, luckily I'm used to reading uh really terrible things. That's why we brought you on specifically. Was because we yeah. knew that you had this skill set. Expert at reading bad. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Expert at reading bad and uh, social working it, which I was overwhelmed with this book. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta say that Pete Wentz, sorry, not Pete Wentz, which is the canonical name of this character. The author is Pete Wentz. The, um, well, the, one of the authors the, the is character, Pete Wentz. The, well, yeah. I'm assuming that James Montgomery, who I learned is just like a senior editor at MTV uh, News, probably just like copy edited it, made sure that like the run on sentences aren't as bad as they could have been. I think this was originally one full sentence. I would believe it. (laughs) Honestly, I was thinking in my head the entire time, like, who was worse, Edward or not Pete? And goddamn, did it give it, did uh, not Pete give Edward Cullen a run for his money? So uh, there's that. Not Pete has the sheer disadvantage of being actually just Pete. Like the, most of these <laughs> things are probably real. So that's a huge bummer. Yeah. Edward, Edward at least is a fictional creep. Yeah. But, you know, this book's fiction, um, as you can tell, because in real life, uh, Pete once dropped out of school one semester before graduating uh, from DePaul. And in this book, he dropped out of Columbia. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, his singer's name is Martin, whereas his singer in, uh, you know, this uh, this lovely band you look at all the time is Patrick Stump, whose middle name is definitely not Martin. No, it's it's he goes by uh, Patrick Vaughn. So yeah. that's don't that's go- how you know. Yeah, don't Google it. Just don't Google Patrick Stump and you can pretend that Martin is a different man. Yeah, I don't also, think you can pretend that also, the drummer's a different man, though. Yeah, also no, that the drummer yeah. is a militant, heavily tattooed vegan who likes to fight. Straight edge. <laughs> Milwaukee, yeah. whereas the real one is from the suburbs of Milwaukee. So, mm-hmm. got you there. Just like not Pete from gotcha. Chicago, as opposed to Pete from the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, so Pete has, like started writing this book, I think, like seven years before it actually came out. My professional opinion is it should have never been finished. I don't know what drove him so much to like. I, I'm pretty sure like all of us here hate this book and thinks it's like very very bad and very mm-hmm. like glamorizes a lot of very unhealthy things. I still think I'm probably <laughs> the least upset of all of us here. I will take that L. I will take it to my grave. <laughs> but I 
there's there's something about it where I'm like I understand writing it to process things. Yeah. Just why the fuck was no. it published? It's the same thing that we all it's the same issue we always have with Pete of like, yeah, it's totally okay to like write the fucked up stuff that goes through Just your head. Just don't air it. But yeah, but you don't have to like you don't have to put it out in a form that's like consumable for a lot of impressionable young people. Yeah, and this coming out in 2013. Yeah. This is yeah, truly yeah. the most Pete Wentz thing I've ever consumed in my life. He uh, dedicated yeah. this book to his child. To his child. That's a bummer. Twice. Like, he dedicates it to his child twice because he dedicates it to him in the beginning. It's also and in the then acknowledgements. He, yeah, it's also in the acknowledments. That's how he writes it. I didn't realize the until the acknowledgments that's, that his initials were BMW. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know who BMW is and I don't care. Technically, I realized it immediately and I texted Caitlin immediately. But mm-hmm. technically, we don't know. Maybe he was actually dedicating the book to the car brand and the, like, thank you for the sponsorship. And then at the end was like, oh, also my son. No, Kat mm-hmm. literally immediately texted me and was like, did he dedicate this shit to his son? And I was like, yeah, he did. I, I got you because you snapped that to me. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And I saw his name in the acknowledgments, and I still didn't put it together until like today. <laughs> like, so, so that's another L I'm taking. I don't, and then even that too, where I'm like, if you wrote a book, you would be, of course, you're gonna mention your your kid, the light of your life, and your acknowledgments. It's just a bummer that the book is so gross and bad. Yeah, is the thing. I would never want my child to know that this exists. Like, I would never see the thing that confuses me about publishing this book. Is that everything about this book paints not paints Pete in the worst light possible? Yeah, and it seems there's a lot of points in this book where I feel like it knows that the speaker is in the wrong and is bad, and I feel I like agree it's with tr- you. Yeah. and it's and it's my my biggest issue I think with it. Well, there's a lot of big issues. I shouldn't say biggest, but like one one of the issues relating to this to that is. It feels like it wants to know the speaker is bad, but also, like, not hold back in any way of the depiction. Like, it's a very honest depiction of how terrible he was, uh, and just his his point of view just lacks the nuance, where he's like, he's still cracking jokes, and it's just not clear enough that he is the bad guy. Yeah, I feel like something we talk a lot about a lot on my own podcast is um, framing uh, mm-hmm. narratively. And while I do agree with you that there's lots of times where it's clear that the narrator is like, yeah, I was absolutely wrong, but I'm doing it anyways. Like, I'm having a mental Not breakdown. Enough. Um, but just let's, let's just look at how the book ends. <laughs> like, or just how the phrasing, or the, not the phrasing, the framing of it is, is I don't really feel like these actions were particularly admonished. It's kind of like, yeah, that was a shitty thing I did once. That sucks. Moving on. Yeah, it's it's strange. Once was for like seven years or five years or four years or whatever. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like with that hindsight, I feel like the framing of it should be a lot more. It should be obvious that it's how bad everything is, but it's not. And the fact that most of it is just straight up autobiographical, it it makes the parts that aren't again the last twenty pages uh extremely upsetting. And I think it's for people who haven't read this book and hopefully never will. I think it's important to point out that this book is told in retrospect. So like the beginning chapter or few chapters, I feel like are. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when it shifts. Yeah, it's kind of confusing because I kept thinking it was going to go back and then it never did. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Are in present time. And then he's talking like, oh, here's the story, basically. Although it doesn't Mm -hmm. not a clear shift into it. So we already have that framing of it being retrospective, like looking back and and reflecting on this, but there's really no reflecting. Yeah, there's there is very little, if any. Yeah, I feel like the only times that he's like super reflective are when he's like, I should not be drinking on these drugs, but I am. Mm-hmm. Which is again too like, well, I was <laughs> like, I feel like that's probably his perspective of just like, well, I'll just write. You know what I remember, how I remember it. And yeah, and there's like his personality is just like impossible to pull out of it. So he still make writing these quips and these jokes about yeah. these things. And I remember and it's the same one, complaints we've always had. There's one too where he like specifically says like I am a terrible drunk. Like I should not drink. And I was like, mm-hmm. bitch, then don't. 
Yeah, or like, I shouldn't call people at four in the morning. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Good, good call. And maybe he does it now. He's, it's, it's just Never very know. strange. Who could say? Who could say? I feel, who could like, say? Who I feel could? like before we get too far, we should at least give the listeners a quick summary, and it's really easy to summarize. So this book is very clearly loosely autobiographical uh pete once mm-hmm. in um interviews has never denied this um i saw an interview uh where he basically said um it's basically kind of real life but with flourishes um that's not that's paraphrasing but um i mean because in the book he's a guitarist not a bassist yeah you know he made himself he basically just made himself cooler and everyone else shittier which kind of made me laugh while also making himself i don't think he makes himself person. very cool at all he makes himself cooler by like being from Chicago and being the guitarist instead of the bassist. And like, uh, I mean like little things, not like his actions, but his positioning. That could just be me. I had the luxury of not reading this in a weekend. I will give it that. I read it in like almost one sitting, yeah. I read it in technically, I would say three sittings. I read it over a bunch of, I read the first 100 pages over a couple flights and then the next 100 over lights a few days later and then i read the last 20 pages today uh basically it starts off where he's like yeah i'm famous and it's boring and the and uh my guitar tech picks up chicks and i don't like the breakfast they make me eat um and blah 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 and then he's like i miss her and capital h capital h her no one in this book has two characters have names uh they do name they name martin they tell they say the real name of the disaster which is the name we usually yeah you usually see the disaster but they do say his real name is john miller did they um say i think that's the animal's it name no or do they just call they just he just talks to him about the dr- calls him the drummer and they're like and he reminds us of an animal from muppets yeah they just call him animal there's also some dude named vincent who i still don't actually know who that is but oh I- they also name they also name um one of the yeah the the boyfriend of the of the the leading lady, if you could mm-hmm. call her that. I don't remember his name now. I think it's like Robert. Yes, it's it very is. whatever. It's Robert. Um. Anyways, barely anyone has a name, and they ref- and not Pete refers to um his ex girlfriend as her with a capital H uh, the entire time, which just annoys the living shit out of me. Do you uh, want to know? I actually f- I got to a point halfway through the book where I found it uh, maybe interesting. I counted everyone. I I I know that I've mentioned this off pod that I was counting everyone, but I'm very curious now that I've finished. Um, what's y'all's guesses for how many times he capitalizes her in this book? Hey, pages are there again? Okay, two twenty eight. In my in my copy, I would say four hundred. Caitlin, do you have a guess? Uh, I'm gonna go with five hundred and fifty-seven. If this was if this was Price is Right, Caitlin wins. Yeah, boy. Well, you're I think Caitlin you're, wins either way. Yeah, you were you were pretty close. Um, it's five hundred ninety-four. Boom. But what I found uh, interesting, I'm a great guesser. Somewhere near the middle, I have a note here on my pad that just says Chapter Fifteen. Good. It's probably not. But uh, I don't I was on a uh, probably very tired on a plane, but there was a point where I started noticing there's like two or three hers that aren't capitalized, but mm-hmm. they are referring to her. Yeah. And I found that fascinating. But in that same chapter, he's talking about God and his mm. capitalization of his for God goes back and forth, depending on if he's talking about believing in him. And I'm like, is something happening here? And the answer is, if it is, it's never engaged with. Yeah. But that's that's really all my point. Is I is something happening oh, here? I, I don't know. Yeah, I noticed that too in that chapter. I have very few notes about chapter 15, but what I do have is the part where he says on page 111 in my book, and how she let me down more than anyone else has ever let another human being down. Which he's talking about her not being overly enthusiastic about him leaving her to go be in a, like, a band that he didn't tell her about until like right before yeah. he leaves and then i saw like i believe it was just like holy massive exaggeration inflated sense of self-importance batman pretty sure you let her down way more than that yeah like oh i mean like you you go up five lines and he calls himself a gigantic phony perhaps the phoniest person alive oh not long after he references catcher in the ride <laughs> yeah yes that's actually the word we should have counted is phony because he uses it a fucking lot. He, he uses it, uh, I would say, over under 25. And also count the amount of times he says shrink. 
Yeah, the, there's a there's a very like anti mental health sentiment in this, which mm-hmm. again, like it would be so easy to inject some hindsight. It would be like now I realize that could have been good or something, but that it isn't there. No, he's literally he literally like in the book, like just as a like present tense statement says like psychiatry doesn't work. Yeah, which is very gross. Yeah, as which is funny. It's funny too though because he continues taking fucking medication the whole fucking book yeah but he thinks he's above it because he knows what they do himself he doesn't he just has access to them without seeing a a professional um and again like they don't really unpack that i really like the part where his psychiatrist reads him for filth that was my favorite part (laughs) it's not i think like my experience is obviously not everybody's experience with it but like i do like that like for me right when i started going to my psychiatrist they were like you have to go to therapy like we will not let you see a psychiatrist without going to therapy and in this he just kind of like smushed the two together which was interesting because like my psychiatrist doesn't like ask me like how does this make you feel other than like Hey, is your anxiety better or worse on this medication? Oh God, okay. Every time he mentions anything about mental health, as someone who, like, I mean, I'm not technically a mental health professional right now, but I was driven so fucking crazy. I was like, this is clearly written by someone who has no idea about anything. Like, because, for instance, he, to talk about his ex-girlfriend, who's, like, a psych major, he keeps referencing Freud. I'm like, unless your girlfriend is t- terrible at school and columbia is a terrible school then she's not fucking talking about freud bro like everything he said just sounded like so made up and i like such a loose like what i picked up on television idea of like i mean but other parts of it not so because i'm sure he's actually been to these things but he, the way he portrays yeah. it in this i was just like what are you doing <laughs> I that's yeah the messiness of it makes me completely believe their 10 year old recollections this, all right so I don't know how much we have described at this point we he he's in a band they make their records the release dates of those records mentioned in the book completely line up with the releases the band Fall Out Boy actually has they mention that the capital H her is in the cover for evening out in your girlfriend well the the quote-unquote first record uh yeah, they call it the first record, which is interesting because Spotify and me doesn't respect it. Um, well, but you Caitlin and Spotify does. are wrong, so yeah, it's uh, I, everywhere I read says it's an EP. It, I don't know. There's it's you know, a goddamn album. Who anyway. could say it's got like six songs on it? It's an album. Anyway, all right. Anyways, <laughs> their relationship's very very bad. It's toxic, and and it gets worse when they start touring. Uh, and he is pretty much consistently back and forth between like, it's, ah, I love her or no, I don't. And it's bad. And he doesn't trust her when he's away. It's just um, an extremely toxic relationship. Yeah. It, it, it reached a point where I, I knew the cycle they were in too well. Like mm-hmm. I was like, this is too real. I yeah. can tell this isn't fictionalized or it's extremely well fictionalized because this is actually what these relationships act like and feel like. Yeah. For sure. It reminded me, so, like, this book reminded me a lot of relationships that I have been in being on her side of it, mm-hmm. um, and it was deeply upsetting <laughs> in a lot of ways. For like, And a lot of the things you're going to see is, in this book, are projection, like, just total projection, um, on, like, from not Pete's side. You know, like, he was consistently mistrusting her, although I, I will say this... Uh, the person where everyone, not everyone, but that fans of Fall Out Boy, according to Reddit and the internet, are pretty sure this is based off of, did actually cheat on him. So, like, there's maybe some whatever to that. But he also cheated on her a bunch. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and the framing of the book is very just like, you're never going to get her perspective or any sort of well, and the framing equal of the balance. Book, it's just his perspective. Well, and the framing of the book, he literally at one point says... Like, it doesn't matter if she cheated on me or not. That's not the reason I'm actually upset. I'm actually upset because she didn't support me doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, that is his grand betrayal, is not the fact that she may or may... Because in the book, it's really unclear, and he even says it's really unclear. Like, he's just like, I just assume that's a thing. Like, there's the weird, like, sheep... yelling at her, yeah. Well, and it's like, there's the weird sheet-smelling scene. That's extremely belabored. To a point that I almost find it funny. 
Yeah, but I mean, in that scene, I don't find that scene funny like, at all. In that scene, no, he's I just, like, there's, no, there's it's just like ridiculous. Thing where he talks about like he goes through, like, he he basically like in his brain thinks about like oh yeah, no like all the men of history me for this moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that shit's always funny. There, then it very quickly becomes like an actual real abusive fight that they have. Mm-hmm. I have had almost that exact same thing happen to me. Like I had um, a partner who I legitimately think at this point in time is a lovely human being. Like they've gotten a lot of help since then, gone to therapy, worked on their problems, whatever. But I had a partner once who I, at the mere, this is not the situation in the book, but I mean, you could see it happening this way easily. Um, I had just suggested to them that maybe they weren't like working on their music as much as they like could be or I was like well what about your music though like that's the thing you're supposed to care about but like you don't seem to and they picked up a clock and bashed it against the wall and like it broke everywhere and like ripped out part of our curtains and shit and uh mm-hmm. and I was terrified and that's basically what happens in the scene except for like a different instigator but you could easily see not Pete doing the same thing yeah well and it, over the, the same suggestion that scene was like so wild to me because like he sniffs the sheet right and he like he he basically says it doesn't smell like anything but like her fucking laundry detergent or whatever Mm-hmm. Which like yeah he mm-hmm. he goes through this comedy routine in his head that and then the, the tone shifts drastically which yeah. is bizarre. Well and it's like and it's wild because like the scene that happens is scary and bad but it's also yep. wild to me that like he frames it as like the cruelest thing he's ever done to another person and I'm like sir you are saying this about smashing her phone and not all the other fucked up shit you did to her like. Is this like, before or after he beats up the philosopher? This is before that. Okay. I don't actually know that I would disagree that, that this might be the because it's not just that he, he thinks a lot her of phone. worse things. Well, but like the thing, like the, the like the action, and it, it's again, it's the framing issue, right? But it's so interesting to me that like in his mind, because he's specifically talking about the fact that like he threw the phone, it smashes, and he watches her like collect the pieces or whatever. And then he tears off her blank. Then he tears the blanket off her, so she's left naked and like yeah. crying in her room alone. And then like calls her a whore and like yells some other shit at her. And then like leaves. Yeah. Well, and it's just like the way that like, and again, it is the framing issue because like the way that he right after he slept with her, right yeah. after he came back into town and hadn't talked to her in forever, had been completely ignoring her, comes back into town, fucks her. Chucks her phone across the room, calls her a whore after tearing off her stuff to make, leave her naked and helpless and alone, not being sure what he's going to do to her because yeah, he no, easily like, could have. Like, yeah. That scene is fucked up. I'm not saying that it's not fucked up, but it's like it's the way that he perceives things because like he says that that's the cruelest thing he's ever done to another person. Like when he proceeds to later on do worse shit to people, and like he never has that same like clarity. Yeah, it's not like he says that repeatedly, like, now this is the worst thing. Now this is the worst thing. Yeah. It's like just, he, he says he, it the one time. Yeah, and then, like, and then he does shittier things, and, like, not that that scene's not shitty, but, like... Yeah, he does consistently it's just, shitty things. Yeah, it's just, like, 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 the way that, like, he, like, when they have, like, when they have their last encounter before she dies, I'm like, this is terrible or like when she's writing him like manic love letters and he's just like like vacant eyed stare like writing her back and like stringing her along i was like this is like objectively much more cruel because you're just like pulling it out and like fucking lying to her and like exploiting her weakness right now when like when she clearly like wants someone to be there i think I know why I wrote chapter 15 good. It is when, and this is a bad segue, this is when all that happens, the love letter stuff. But Mm -hmm. during it, he's pretty regularly, like, that's the most I feel like he's attacking himself at the same time. Chapter 15 opens with, uh, she started sending me love letters now, love emails, perfumed in pink, always in lowercase, you know what I mean. And then, like, the next, like, two pages later, he's, um, uh, describing the letters, and he says, don't get me wrong, those are pretty bad. But what's even worse is that when I read them, it's almost as if I'm looking at myself. She started writing like a, like me, all lowercase and parathetical, full of tangents, angles, 
half-realized thoughts thrown into go-nowhere paragraphs. Um, and just overall, uh, like, throughout that, as he's talking about replying, he's, like, tell- he's talking about how it- it's a really bad thing he's doing. He's, like, refers to himself as an addict and an idiot in this situation. It's just, it's, it's, I think it's the most he is calling into attention that he is wrong to be doing it and he doesn't know why he's doing it. Yeah, well, and I do think it's, like, deeply telling that he was, like, the worst part about this is that she writes like me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though, because that's also the same chapter where he literally, I can't remember, I didn't write down the exact quote, but he says something about having, like, like, the worst sob stories that, like, she could, like, that, I wish I could find the exact line. It's when they're at the strip club, I believe. Oh, yeah, he tells us, like, he's telling the stripper about, like, the first wife and all that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. But he says something, like, in his head about how, like, oh, my sob stories are so bad. They're, like, the worst that anyone would have ever seen. And I'm like, your sob stories are all of your own doing. Like, they're all of your own design. I think he's talking about the fictional shit he's making. Yeah, no, he literally. He's not. No, 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 he is. No, he is. He's talking about, he's talking about the fictional stuff that he's telling her. And then he transitions into wishing that she could, um, in the email that he's trying to write her while this is happening, he's like, I wish that she, oh, I just broke my hair tie. He's like, I wish that she could, like, see the glitter from the stripper and smell the perfume coming off of this. That's the part I'm talking about then, because it was something that was, I made sure was actually talking about himself, because he was yeah, talking no, about it in comparison. About, the sob story stuff is all him, like, talking about the stripper and basically conning her out of, like, money, which is also gross and bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. The whole scene was disgusting. Yeah. Then, but yeah, and then that whole paragraph ends with there's a special place in hell for people like me. It, the difference between this chapter and everything that came before, I think, considering where it goes, I have no goodwill to give a single line in this book. But this is like, he's describing these like various vignettes and then ending all of them with like, I'm just such a dog shit person, which obviously doesn't excuse any of it or make yeah. any of it better, but is the closest thing to self-awareness I think I found in the book. Yeah, well, and I think that's the thing that made this book, like, really uncomfortable for me, was, like, there's a weird amount of self-awareness there, but it's constantly being smashed down by the narcissism and the mm-hmm. quips and the coping mechanisms. I just, like, this book made, has made, have we finished the summary of the book? It basically, the whole book is literally Fall Out Boy's career. They have a really good album. He continues having, like, downward spirals into his mental health bullshit. And then he gets better. He tries to commit suicide a couple times. And then, finally, capital H Her gets into a drunk driving accident. She is, like, in the hospital. He goes to visit her. His Her family hates him. And he's, like, paranoid about it. She you know she's like in a coma or whatever, and then she dies, and then he attempts uh to die by suicide, but then immediate pretty much immediately is like actually I don't want to die, gets um hospitalized, and then gets out, and is like you know what I'm gonna go back on tour, and then he's like and then I start going to therapy, and um the end. Well, and that's the other thing too. I can't be a ghost as, of my girlfriend, and then the end. Like as much as he shits on mental health stuff, he like continuously shows the ability to like pull himself back from the edge and like he's like obsessed with the stuff his therapists have told him like the Mm -hmm. stuff about control and shit like he's almost there obsessed with it i need to talk okay i think something we absolutely have to talk about is so as we've talked as we've discussed this book is pretty much mapped out onto pete's real life and there's we haven't been able to fully verify this, but there is at least discussion online about the the girl that this is based off of. Um, and she was at the very least significantly younger than Pete when they started dating. Most mm-hmm. sources say that she was a minor uh, from possibly 15 to 17 years old. Our own research pretty much verifies the 15, but we don't have any actual evidence of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of blog posts saying that. Some people say they didn't start dating until she was older. But again, like, we're, we're going off blog posts. But, yeah, but also we did kind of verify it with the Rolling Stone article and just subtracting age from there. Yeah, the, there is a Rolling Stone article in which Pete talks about uh, the person in particular. Her name is Janae 
white um because when i when I, we both found it um you i guess can't you said you knew this person's name i didn't until looking up how much I didn't of know this the book name. was real i didn't know the name but i knew the story okay but yeah in in a rolling stone article in 2007 he does uh mention pretty much the outline of this book just kind of like a very brief like yeah the, you know we had some relationship and then i wrote some songs about it because it was bad um but the article in 2007 describes her as just shy of 20 so it's she's definitely much younger than he he was 23 in 2002 or 3 so yeah. so anyways though so what is different about this book than his real life the, the most notable difference uh in my understanding of this book in real life is that he kills her off she dies well, i mean i don't mean the character kills him off i mean pete kills her off like she doesn't die in real life. Correct. The person is based off of, but she dies in this. I think I have to go on a bit of a, a bit of a kind of all over the place rant to discuss that. But this book, and I'm just going to say this flat out as a fact, is incredibly misogynistic. Like it there is, is mm-hmm. no, it is very Madonna, you know, like, uh, like virgin whore, like, you know, dichotomy bullshit throughout the whole book there is i don't think there's mm-hmm. there's a couple times that pete mentions men that he likes or emulates and usually the traits that he emulates in them are pretty terrible often misogynistic um and the only time he really talks about women is either self-serving talking about them sexually and or like talking about how he wants to hit kill commit some sort of violent or sexual act towards them i i had said before recording that if i took a shot for every time not pete said he wanted to hit or hurt or kill his girlfriend i would be dead and then so all of this processing you know if we're looking at this book as processing and everything like i think it's incredibly telling that he decides that when she is no longer having a function in his life and she has removed himself in real life, I presume, because he's got Ashley Simpson pregnant and then uh, married her. <laughs> um, but when she no longer has a function in his life, he literally kills her off in the story. Yeah, and then also makes her death about him because he's like, I bet she was coming to see me while she mm-hmm. was drunk driving. Why else it makes she no be sense. drunk driving? Yeah, and it's never confirmed, but he, he goes from being like, I wonder if that's why, to like a chapter later being like, that's what happened. And it's like... Mm-hmm. We don't ever, yeah, we get no confirmation that that's actually what happened. This, this, the way this book ends is like, what if Looking for Alaska was more misogynist and didn't have a second half? Yeah, it just Because the whole, the whole point of that book is unpacking the bullshit that comes from this exact type of moment. Yeah, and it just, yeah, it just kind of ends. And this is one thing I will give the book, is that we are getting it from his narrative perspective. So like, yes, his thoughts about the characters are not necessary. Like, he is clearly an unreliable narrator and like that is Absolutely. obvious to anyone reading it. So I will at least give that. Um, and what I will at least give credit for is when we actually hear dialogue from other people, like verbatim dialogue, presumably, they are almost always calling him out on his bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, his girlfriend is always like, you're fucking asshole like or like hey did you ever consider like what this is gonna do to our relationship did you ever consider us or me or my feelings and then he's like yeah i'm not an idiot and then internally he's like nah i never thought about it (laughs) yeah i'm a huge Uh fucking idiot and 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 those those are the moments where i almost think it's trying to do that the thing that it should be doing the whole time but the thing is it's Mm -hmm. as you said it never really does challenge those core issues it's all it's like yeah. it's it's one thing to write through experiences to to cope it's one thing to even just write a book and be like here's some really rough shit i went through and like that very honest bleak painting but the fact is with that retrospection you know however many years later it doesn't challenge those inherent flaws like it does it doesn't like he's there's in the same spot it's years later and he's still thinking of her capital H in the same way. Yeah. I wish, I mean, there's no way to know how far the intro is behind the ending of the book. Like, cause it's, it's kind of a frame narrative, but it's not really sure. Like the, the last chapter ends with like Mm -hmm. the last chapter ends with him doing the pulse thing that is in the first chapter. So like, that's more of that being the frame rather than a specific point in time. Cause he mentions like, yeah, I start, 
hooking up with girls in hotels, which is where it starts. But like, I presumably Infinity on High isn't out yet. Like, that's kind of the the marker I have to to put on it. Yeah, I think it. I think it ends with Cork Tree. I think Cork Tree is the album that they are. Yeah, they're because, they're toying for that at the because it's yeah. They, well, um, I mean, it's I like mean, their second time, label release. And also, like timeline wise, it makes sense. But also, like with well, as yeah, far with the, as, the the two the two suicide attempts that we have talked about on the show before, the hotel one and the yeah. car one. And also, too, just like the risk. But I mean, even just like him talking about the fan reception, mm-hmm. um, because the fan reception to Infinity on High was like almost comically bad, at yeah. least like online. So. We know that it wasn't there yet because he's talking about how much like everybody likes it and stuff. And like, no, and we know for we know for a fact that if it was within Infinity on High time, he would have been bitching about the fan reaction. Mm-hmm. There's very little in this book about the band. Mm-hmm. Like, very little. I read a review of the book where they were like. This they're like Pete clearly thinks that the most interesting part of this book is the relationship, but it's not. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, that's like... the thing. Yeah, people aren't reading the book, especially in 2013. They're not reading. Like maybe when he was writing it, people would have really eaten up the oh, let me let me read 230 pages of Pete Wentz writing his own fucking tabloids. But I feel like you know it coming out in 2013, it's just like oh, that's it. Okay, weird. Yeah, well, especially because, like, I was honestly taken aback by, like, obviously the stuff with, like, like, like the girl never getting a name and always being referred to as capital H her is, like, Mm -hmm. misogynistic and uncomfortable. But, like, I was taken aback by the fact that he doesn't seem to consider, like, anybody a real person. Like, nobody has a fucking name except for John Miller. And even that is, like kind of it feels like the way that he says it it's like an honorific almost even though like, uh, it's like the dude's yeah, name yeah it's always and, both names and i think martin only got a name because it would be too confusing to use like just like pronoun wise it would be mm-hmm. too complicated I, that's the thing i was surprised that it was martin and not just like capital s the singer or something yeah and i think like i think that was honestly just to keep it more vague maybe especially because like they never talk about they never talk about martin's actual role in the band aside from he helps they say pete. singer do they because I, I i i don't think they maybe do maybe i just I, filled in the gap no because i remember there there are multiple yeah, times I, I where pete wrong. says that he's like they write together mm-hmm. but he never says what well yeah but he never yeah. says what martin does in the band he just says that mm-hmm. they write together uh, i think it was just meant to be assumed because it appears that well, it, at least my impression in the book there's never a, another member mentioned. Yeah, no, they never mentioned Joe Troman. Joe Troman has zero, zero identifiable personality in this book, other than they talk about the band as a group. Like, I think they say the guys, not just. Yeah, no, literally, Joe is just like, Joe is literally like boxed in with Pete because they're like, oh, we got a new drummer. He's literally fucking Andy. And then they're yeah. like, oh, and now Martin is here. And they don't even say what Martin, what quote unquote Martin does other than I that think he this, writes. The band in this book could easily be a three person band. Like they be. never mention a fourth member. Mm-hmm. Instead of Fallout Boy, it is Fall of Troy. <laughs> I would I would read a book about Fall of Troy. But I think my my interpretation of naming Martin specifically, like if I if I'm giving this book the graces that I give every Pete Wint lyric and try try and give it a read, which it doesn't deserve, but my impression of it was that his relationship and viewing of the Martin, the singer, Patrick, whoever, was not something that could be nailed down to some weird nickname. Like he was just that yeah. like to him, Martin just was a person and he wasn't. It's yeah. weird that like the way the book works, he doesn't really write about other people unless they're cartoon characters. I almost when I was like a third through this book, I was starting to wonder if the disaster was like a fucking Tyler Durden situation where he's just talking about himself. Like, cause like, I don't know if there's only one scene where anyone other than Pete addresses the disaster mm-hmm. up until like the end where his family comes to a show. Can we talk about how inconsistent, okay, maybe it's just me. I feel like the disaster's characterization from the beginning of the novel to every other time we see him is wildly different. Yeah, yeah, I, it is. It like, kind I of is whatever. To hate the him, and then I was like, I actually kind of like him. Yeah, he's the only character who gets to like actually exist. Like he actually like yeah. gets to talk about himself and have characterization and peace. Like, yeah, you're all right. And then later he gets sick of him. But like a lot of the things in this book are just kind of a weird spiral fever dream of just like this is how I feel right now. I will not really describe the situations I'm in, 
to give any justifications is I'm feeling either in love or hateful. And yeah. it's like, I, I depression and emotional spirals can absolutely be like that. I just, it's so wild to me that like, yeah, he doesn't treat anybody except for John Miller as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's because even with Martin, Martin's the only one who like gets to keep his name, but because he doesn't get a role in the band, like, I feel like it's the same thing where it's like, he's just Martin. Like, he's not even like, he's not even like a, this is how his role serves me. He's yeah, literally he's like. He's Martin and he writes songs. Yeah. He writes songs with me, but like, I'm still and he, the and wordsmith. He him, but and he also, helped him the one time he tried to kill himself, which seems yeah. like it would be important. Yeah, and like true, like that that scene was so downplayed to me. Like Yeah, both both suicide scenes. I mean, I both suicide were. scenes are downplayed, but the one that is like that we've talked about on the show before with him and Patrick, it felt like extremely downplayed where he was like, I just took some pills and punched a mirror. Like it wasn't that big of a deal, mm-hmm. you guys. But like like that's yeah. like, like like we've read about what happened that night and it was not just that you know yeah like, and i there, part of me thinks like from like from that retrospective point of view it could feel like a blur or from like the character that is speaking for this whole book would not be honest about how bad it is um and yeah. that's again like my issue with the framing that it should be more yeah retrospective and it's not but like that's the thing it's like i I I bought those lines because I was like, yeah, that is like this. It's in character. It's a bummer. Yeah. No, I believed it, but I was like, you're fucking lying. Yes. That part reminded me a lot. I'm going to get personal again. Uh, and that part reminded me a lot of, so when I was a freshman in college, um, my boyfriend attempted to die by suicide, like in bed with me. And then I like called, like I took him to the hospital or whatever. Um, and, uh, and he kind of just like, played it off somehow like he downplayed it and somehow got them to just kind of like not do anything um and then his parents were driving us back um and they were all just like kind of laughing and being like oh like what an overreaction let's get mcdonald's and i was just like i was sitting there in like severe trauma and everyone else was just like yeah that was the thing that happened (laughs) but anyways going on and I was just like, so when I was reading that part, I was like, damn, this is familiar. Like, it was mm-hmm. like so upsetting. There's so every all of this book is rough because knowing it's so real. Like, I know that mm-hmm. parts of it are changed and embellished and everything. But reading it, I'm just like, especially knowing. And I also want to clarify for the listener that in the book, she he ages up this girl a lot. Like, they are portrayed as being close in age because she's in university at the same time that he is. Yeah. I think I think she's still like younger. Younger. She might be younger, but she could I mean, be more it, than like. But like a we few don't years. we don't know. Like they're they are definitely portrayed to be like peers. But I mean there's no way to know. Like like the entire time like I was reading this book, I was like, they're the same age. And like yeah. I don't like there's no there's no textual evidence to support or deny that other than like mm-hmm. just the vibe. I, just casual coding ass- that comes from the language. Like I there's a lot of points sh- in this book where I am concerned about his power in the relationship but that is never why in the book um whereas like when i googled how much of this is real and i learned that you know they've known each other since she was 15 it became like even bleaker yeah because like like up until this if you had told me like there was a huge age difference between them i would have been like where in the text is that because like in the book itself it seems like they're the same age but like mm-hmm. see I, I do think he's a, a little bit older than her and the reason i think that is because she like as time progresses she is still in school like yes. well past like a yeah, semester well, and, and that was my thing was mostly like i was like is she in grad school like because she's going for psych think, shit like i, I don't think know they do and specifically that's... mention grad school but not like she's in it that she's looking forward to it yeah which, and, uh, like, and like and this the is not I the was... time to say like everyone goes to school at different paces she could be in school for six well, years and, also, and be fine but it's i know i know exactly what you're saying well, and it's also confusing yeah. because he drops out when he has like a year left. And so semester. like yeah. Or, yeah, like a semester left. So we don't get like the context of like cuz to me when he said that, I was like, "Oh, she finished and then went to grad school." Yeah, the real life situation is a lot bleaker than yeah, that. And that, yeah, and that's so. the thing that's like when I was reading it, I almost thought maybe it was for the best that there's no details in it, but 
I the the fact that there are no details in it, it's like kind of just bad writing, regardless of whether it's true or not. But like, mm-hmm. just nothing's explained or mentioned. It is it is written as a blurry stream of consciousness, which you know could land, doesn't here. And when it's when we know that so much of it is like an autobiography, it becomes grosser and worse. Well, it becomes a lot more incriminating. I feel like if you Mm -hmm. like with the real life situation versus like what he wrote, it's like if you're taking that and like it goes back to what we've been talking about, right? Of like him not taking responsibility for his shit. Like if you Mm -hmm. were going to write a semi autograph or autobiography, I can't say the word semi autobiographical book about shit that you did. And like any any like I'm sure it wouldn't get published if he had put the actual age because fifteen and twenty three is a lot. Mm-hmm. But like even it says something that you aged that he chose to age. Yeah. Him. Well, and especially because like like again, like when I was nineteen, I was dating a twenty six year old. Like that kind of like age imbalance can still be depicted without it being fucking illegal. Um, yeah, but like, mm-hmm. he doesn't even do that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think Kat is, I, I think Kat is right in just the sense of like, like you clearly felt so shitty about this or like realize that other people would think you were shitty that you purposefully didn't include it. Like, or someone made him because it was, you know, so gross. Everything about this is bad. I, I had no... I mostly just felt uncomfortable being like able to empathize with him. Yeah, it's it's it was, for me it was like this is gross and bad and then oh no, I kind of know what this situation is like for both of these parties and I just ended up sad and then the decision to to end it with the the death is just very upsetting. No, it's such bullshit. Like the main things that really got to me were the parts where he's like he's like oh I'm going crazy. And, like, he says it so flippantly, but, like, I really related to, like, the moments of that. And, like, I have been trying really hard to deal with my mental health this year. So, it was a lot. Um, yeah, I could respect the parts where he's like, God, I realize I am out of control and I literally do not know how to stop. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and, like, it sucks because he's so shitty throughout. And, like, I've been a shitty person to people. Like, I fully own that, but, like... Uh, We all have. I don't think I've been not Pete Wentz in this book shitty to people, and, like, it's just... This is a level of shit. This is, like, consistent for years. There's just, like, a level of being triggered in this book that, like, is uncomfortable of, like, I had an ex who, like, when I was upset and frustrated and, like, whatever, and was, like, literally clenching my fist just to, like, have some physical corporeal control over myself was, like, like, literally, like, hey, you should hit me. Like, it's a lot. But, like, I don't know. It just sucks. God, all the calling at, like, all the, like, calling at, like, three in the morning stuff. Yeah, all of it, all of it just uh, my God, sucks. And I think that it, and I largely feel like it sucks because, like, the lens is not critical. Like, like, like the lens, like, of the author and of, like, the, the character proxy, like, none of it is critical. None of it is saying, like, hey, like, this happened and it was bad and I learned from it and I grew. It's just, I was shitty and I kind of made some progress, but Yeah, if it I had didn't. to be published, which it didn't, it, sh- it should have had that, and it's like, like and, growth and like a, represented in some way. And, like, a mental health journal is, like, journey isn't linear and i think that's okay but like you have like there's there's just enough self-awareness in this book that it's so fucking frustrating that like nothing ever happens with it because like even if like your if your growth and your development is not linear you at least have the moments of self-awareness and like the breakthroughs and he always says like oh i wish i could have a breakthrough but it never happens and i'm like yeah it doesn't happen because you don't fucking try because you're a piece of shit like uh, and that's the thing I really want to emphasize and something that, you know, you both know I talk about a lot is that there, yes, your mental health is an excuse that only goes so far. Like you have to commit to doing the hard work that is being responsible for yourself as a human being and the way you are interacting with those around you. You can't just blame it all 
on I'm not doing well, so who cares how I'm treating people? Like, there's a part where he says, like, we hadn't, we made no apologies. No apologies were necessary. I'm like, apologies were incredibly necessary. Discussing yeah. this was incredibly necessary. Acknowledging the hurt and damage that's been done is needed. You can't ignore it and pretend like it doesn't happen. You have to acknowledge and own it. And this book does not, it acknowledges it. It does not own it. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very succinct mm-hmm. way to put it, I think. Yeah, I agree. Can we be done with this book now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. God, I would love to hear. Actually, I would not love to hear. This is a lie. I'm going to lie to you all. I would love to hear Pete Wentz discuss this book now. I, that you has know, been six years. I would I, like I, to I, hear oh, it just to see. We, because I, I would, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, oh, yeah, I just, I assumed everyone knew that it was bad. Like something like that. If I, I feel like it would be such a, a bullshit answer. But like. I, I feel like I said I wish I could talk about Pete or talk to Pete about things on this show. I mean, for the past year, it's probably I've probably said it maybe not once an episode, but a lot. Mm. This is definitely number one on my fucking list now. I'm just like, why? There were there were several decisions made to get this published. And on that note, on that note, I have a passage from this book that I will be reading to end this episode after uh, we do all the plugging and the such. Uh, Caitlin and I had proposed, what if someone wants the book that I've marked up to death? I underlined every single capitalized her, and I made a lot of notes just here and there in in, uh, in my red pen. Um, some of it's messy because I was on planes for most of it. Yep. But um, we were wondering how, I could, how we could get rid of this and if any of our listeners would, would want to own this a shitty piece of memorabilia we i we ultimately decided that the way to if you would like this you can send something you you can donate five dollars to nami which is the national alliance on mental illness and you mm-hmm. can s- screenshot your your receipt you can do more than five dollars uh but if, then i feel like i feel like if you do if you do at least 15 we both mark the book which means joe has to send me the book but yes if you do that, yeah, because I was I, I I was thinking if multiple people do it, uh, we'll pick one at random. I don't know if multiple people will want it, but it's here, and this is yeah. this is an organization I would like to support, especially considering my issues with this book, and I'll probably and end like up matching. Who we are the as people. Generally. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I, I, <laughs> I think if there's a way to celebrate doing this fucking podcast for a year. Yeah, honestly, so the way this is going to work, if you donate $5, you're entered. If you donate more than that, both of us will do something with the book. I'll probably just, like, draw you a picture in the book. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, But we'll figure it out. Send you a heartfelt letter. Oh, Kat! Kat is just contributing. Kat's like, I'll do the heartfelt part, and I'm like, <laughs> great, because I don't want to have feelings. Um, yeah, no, I didn't mean y'all would do it. I meant I would do it. I'll send them a heartfelt letter. <laughs> um so yeah there you go if you donate above five dollars you will have both joe and i contributing and if you donate twenty dollars or more is what i'm gonna say that's what cat's heartfelt message is (laughs) okay of 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 any of the donations that we get uh or any receipts of donations we get we'll we'll pick a random one from whatever that's set at the end of november we should probably i just realized we should have an end date on this probably the end of it november 2019 and then depending on the amount will be what what we do with the book before it comes to you and that'll be that'll be a neat way to do it and then whichever one whichever one's picked i will match as well and also donate to nami i will too hell yeah so whatever you're donating is gonna go times three if we pick you um but it's just gonna be randomized and i can't imagine more than five people fucking want this thing although i might argue my commentary might make it either better or worse i don't know all i'm saying is a drawing from caitlin in the front cover makes it a better time yeah so so donate your money to a good cause so after after we do our our plugs for the things i will read you a portion of uh chapter nine that i think really speaks to um our experience with pete wentz on this podcast Mm -hmm. and uh 
Oh shit! Also, we'll probably. I think we might still be. Are we still doing the dramatic greetings on the Patreon? We are absolutely still doing that. Yes. Okay, so just one more plug. If you go to the uh, Patreon.com/slash/TheOrangeGroves, there's going to be a lot of cut content from this episode. I guarantee uh, at the two dollar level, but also at the two dollar level, we're going to do some dramatic readings from this book. So that'll be fun if you want to go get more of what I'm about to do. So so please stay tuned for that. But Caitlin, yes, Joe. Where are you on the internet? You can find me on twitter.com at cg and 8rs. And from there, I have a pin tweet with all my other shit. But also, you should check out my website, Uppercut. I'm on break, but Uppercut is still doing shit without me. And I'm terrified. Cat! Hi, I'm Kat. Um, I have another podcast on the network called Summer Twilight Book Club. If you like what this episode was, that's basically what my podcast is except it's me and my friend sahana uh, who both have degrees in social work rereading uh the twilight series and analyzing it and also making fun of it of course because you can't not more jokes about edging on that show than this one yeah there i'm surprised that there is no edging involved in this book but anyway but yeah we uh it's comedic but also we 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 did at one point truly love those books uh so you know it's good though i think i'm proud of it uh, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at um, Epsilina, E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A. Uh, and yeah, that's me. You can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. I make a myriad of other podcasts, but uh, I will I will just be plugging Extra Life this, uh, this week, this episode, uh, because in about a week and a half from the time that this actually comes out, November 16th and 17th, of the year of our lord 2019 uh a lot of orange groves hosts will be gathered in one apartment to play video games for 24 hours and raise money for children's miracle network hospitals that is the charity that extra life contributes to um so we're gonna be doing that it's cool cat will be there it probably got cut out but we had a very sad moment where we all mourned that caitlin will not be joining us unfortunately um rip press that for me they'll they'll be in the twitch chat so you can put i will be i will be i was granted mod powers i think i have to still grant it to you but i told you that you would have them yes verbal granting i I will i will be in the chat i'm sad that i can't be there but i'm a dumb bitch so it is what it is (laughs) you can uh find all the information for that uh if you go to uh orange groves net on twitter that is the account for the network uh, and right now, the pinned tweet has all the information on it, uh, including the link to the Twitch page you can follow ahead of time. Uh, you can go ahead and make donations between now and then at the donate link. And you can buy shirts! We're selling shirts, and all the proceeds of those are also going to the charity. They are cute and good. I made the Orange Groves logo into a zero in the number 2019, and it looks good. I'm proud of that. So you can wear it on your body. Uh, and it goes to charity when you do. But I think that's all the stuff that I can say about that. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see my friends. I think that's it. I, I, I didn't think of a good book to pair with this one this week. Uh, you should read... Hold the Communist on, Manifesto. Have, that too. Let me... Hold on. I have, a, I have a novel. I have a novel that's good that I'm reading that's not this fucking one. Okay. I. You should read Hammers on Bone by Cassandra Kaw. It is a fucking... It's a cosmic horror detective novel that's not racist and therefore is good. Hell yeah. We recommend things. I wasn't prepared. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I have something I can recommend, though. I just read uh, the book We Have Always Been Here, a queer mumlum, a mumlum, oh my god, a queer Muslim memoir, which was uh, really interesting and good, worth checking out. And that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm gonna, as, as much as I, Communist Manifesto immediately popped in my head, a more nuanced recommendation of a book I have been reading recently is uh, How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell. Good book. It's about exactly what it sounds like, uh, how to do nothing. Valuable information. It's, it is anti-capitalist to do nothing. So it's a good book. Uh, I recommend it. Should I ask you, the, Caitlin, should I yell your name now or after I'm done reading? Whatever you want to do, I trust you. I'll do it after I read, because then you'll know when I'm done, because I'll yell your name. Okay, I'm ready. But this is an excerpt from uh, Chapter 9 of Pete Wentz's Cray. 
that I, that I think really speaks to us here at Sugar We're Going Down headquarters. Um, he's talking about uh, his psychiatrist in this. And it says, I want to say something that will blow his mind. I want great epiphanies. I want him to leap out of his chair and thrust his arms heavenward and go, that's it, and pronounce me cured. Or if I say something really bad, I want him to drop his notepad and stare at me with wide eyes, his face going white as he stammers something all slow and drawn out like, what did you say? As he realized that he's sitting in a room with the next Ted Bundy. I understand that's probably not how psychiatry works, but it would be nice every once in a while. Maybe I watch too many movies. Yes, I screenshotted that too because of fuck Pete Woods. <laughs> Caitlin. Yes, Joe. Is this more than you bargained for yet? Yes. <laughs>